Hey, travelers. Just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy, travelers. Previously on Infinite Rabbit Hole. But they left the group, or they were taken. Wolverines. Well, if he didn't continue on the ground, did he go up? Oh, it's coming. It's going to be good. I can't wait. So sassy. Did he simply step through a portal to another dimension or parallel world? Where's the Thunderbird from? Like a dragon-sized bird. National Park Mysteries Part 4, Santa Fe. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. To Infinite Rabbit Hole. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I am Jeremy, your host, and today I am joined by Jake and CJ, my two... Well, um, let's be honest here. Andrew's the real beauty. Andrew's not here today, so it's just... Jake, CJ, and I, we're going to go ahead and talk about the second part of the National Park Mysteries Part 5, the Santa mm-hmm. Fe Part 2. Last week, we talked about Nel, uh, Mel Nadell, and we talked about the really strange disappearance where he seemed to just kind of disappear in the middle of his track. Um, if you guys have not listened to that episode yet, please go listen to last week's episode. Uh, we dived into the Picos Triangle in the Mel Nadell case and kind of gave an outline of what it takes to qualify as a missing 401 case in the eyes of David Pilates. So before we get into the cases for this week, let's go ahead and scratch the surface. Jake, why don't you go ahead and lead us off, man? So we started up a Patreon during season three. All of our episodes, we've been doing this thing called the bottom of the hole, which is basically all of our conclusions, all of our side conversations, what we really think about things, deep diving into subjects, uh, what would we do in this situation or that situation. It's all really interesting content. If you guys are interested in it, you can join us at the bottom of the hole at patreon.com slash infinite rabbit hole, where for $2 a month, you can contribute to our show monetarily that will allow us to do other things like go to conventions or get some uh, some people on the show that we have to pay for for their time. Some more interesting things, you know, better equipment, uh, possible explorations and stuff coming up. The ability to fly across country to visit each other to uh, to go explore the crazy areas that are around us. All that stuff costs a lot of money. And so. We started this Patreon, but we didn't want to make it just something that you guys give us money for, so you're actually paying us for extra content. So if it's something that you're interested in, for $2 a month, you can get into all the extra stuff that we do. We plan on expanding it even more, and uh, it would be really cool if you guys were interested in that capacity. Also, we really like hearing uh, feedback from you guys. You can do that. On anchor.fm forward slash infinite rabbit hole, you can leave us a voicemail and we will play that voicemail on our next available episode. Also, we have our stuff up on YouTube now and you can leave us a comment. You can like, you can subscribe, you can tell us what you like or don't like, give us suggestions on there. Just another way for you guys to interact with us. So please just hit us up and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And if you want to look us up, so that we can hear from you, you can find us at Twitter uh, at Infinite RH Pod, the same on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Infinite Rabbit Hole. Drop us a line, send us a message. Uh, we'd love that. We'd love to reply. And if you have a story of your own, leave it for us. We might read it on the show, or maybe we'll even bring you on the show to tell the story yourself. All right. So let's build upon last week's episode. 
we've got a couple of interesting cases to talk about again uh, for those who have uh, sensitivities to death. Uh, this might be an episode where you might want to skip. Unfortunately, with some of these Missing 401 episodes that we do in our National Park series, our National Park Mystery series, uh, sometimes it incorporates death and some pretty graphic images get painted out. So user beware if, if you are sensitive to that kind of subject, please uh, take this one off. But if not, we're going to go ahead and dive right in unless anybody else has something to say. We're going to have the big reveal of CJ's theory. Oh, that's right. It's been a whole week. I forgot about it. The big reveal. <laughs> it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about Audrey Kaplan first. Audrey Kaplan went missing on July 30th, 2014. The area that she went missing in is known as Aspen Peak. It's in the Santa Fe National Park. One thing to know about her is, yes, she is 75 years old. So, yeah, she's she's up there. But as people will tell you about her, people that know her closely, friends, family, and even her husband, they will tell you that she was in extremely good shape for her age. Um, and this is a common factor with a lot of different missing 401 cases is that a lot of these people were in really good shape. And this is one of them. So Audrey and her husband, they owned a house in Santa Fe. Um, one day, Audrey and her husband decided to go for a hike on a ski resort and look for mushrooms. Somehow they got separated from each other. Searchers were brought in and they could not find her. Thunderstorms took place the night of her disappearance. Five days later, a searcher found a site with a camping area that was destroyed and the dead body of a woman in a few inches of water in a creek. The woman was naked, no shoes, no clothing, no anything on her body. Most of her face was submerged under the water of the creek. Audrey Kaplan's body was found on August 4th. Uh, the coroner stated on the death report that although there were no specific indications of hypothermia due to the circumstances of her death and lack of any other cause of death, it is believed that she died of exposure to very low temperatures. Again, this was July 30th in Santa Fe. Also, although there are pictures of the scene of her death showing the position of her body when found, the coroner's report stated given that there is no report of this descendant's face being in the water when found, nor circumstances documented to support that it had been in water, it is unlikely that drowning played a role. Before we get into our points of view and additional information on this case, I want to quickly go over the eight profile points that this, this particular case matched with the profile points that the missing 401 cases all line with right so oh, real quick real quick mm -hmm. this is the one case that my theory doesn't apply to i forgot about this one uh okay okay this is the one case okay mm -hmm. anyways <laughs> um so yeah like i said she matched eight out of the 11 profile points there was a point of separation with her husband the time of disappearance was late afternoon it was near water there was a weather event canines could not track her there was missing clothing when the body was found. The cause of death was unknown, seeing that it seemed like she had died from extremely low temperatures, but in July in Santa Fe. And it was in a geographical cluster. The three points that were not made was that she was not near Boulder Field. She did not have a disability or illness, and she was not found in an area previously searched. So now that that's all out of the way, let's open the floodgates. And let's get some opinions and some additional information. So, looking at an article right now, it's actually a news art, a newspaper clipping, and it says that although it was January thirtieth, the temperatures at that time can get because of torrential rains, fog, and cold. The cold nighttime July thirtieth time temperatures, yes, yeah, what I meant, can right. get in the low forties. And I think that 
even without becoming hypothermic that as people get really cold they start to do really um i don't know dumb stuff yeah they start to do dumb stuff i think that you can still be cold you can still start doing dumb stuff before you're hypothermic but it's weird that she was found face down in water unless the water wasn't there prior to her dying like it rained on her and collected where she was at right it's just also really weird that she's not wearing clothes i mean that's, i know it's a really common factor in a lot of missing 411 cases but the whole like just naked like no even 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 if it was cold like i i know when you're beginning to freeze to death your body gets a warming sensation over yeah. it um but I've never heard of a story of that where the people were like, nah, maybe I should get naked. And then where were the clothes? Like they said that they didn't recover the clothes, right? Right. Is it possible that maybe she wanted to bathe? So she stripped off somewhere else and then she went down to bathe in the water and then maybe had some like catastrophic heart attack. You know what? They said that she was hunting mushrooms, right? Oh, jeez. So uh, it's actually it's actually a hobby that I've been looking into for the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, in my area, um, there's Lion's Mane, Old Man of the Woods, and Chicken of the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing is, like, even if you're certain, like, you know what you're looking for, you always take somebody experienced with you because it's easy to make a mistake. Like, Chicken of the Woods looks very similar to jack-o'-lantern mushrooms. The only thing is Chicken of the Woods has pores underneath where jack-o'-lanterns has fins. Um, what if she made a mistake? And grab the wrong because like we've all done the forge and we've all picked raspberries and blueberries and stuff, blackberries right. out in the woods, and you just snack on them while you're picking them, right? Mm-hmm. What if what if she pulled one of those moves and grabbed the wrong mushroom? But see, here's the thing is that you know, there was toxicology reports and everything done on her where there was no signs of this stuff. Now I know it, it did, you know, her body was found six days later, which the stuff could be out of her system by then, but you have to think that if this if the body was dead. Right, if she was deceased, that that body is no longer uh, processing this these chemicals and the stuff from the mushrooms. Um, that that stuff would still be in her system. That's why somebody who died from a cocaine overdose, you know, when their body is found a month later, they can still do toxicology screenings on them and find out their their cause of death. Now, just to talk about uh, what. Jake was talking about people doing really weird things when they're hypothermic. The one of the final stages of hypothermia is called paradoxical undressing. And basically when you, when you're so hypothermic, your body plays tricks on you think and convinces you that you're, you're Mm -hmm. really hot and that you're constricted and people start to undress. This is something that, uh, a lot of people think may have been uh, something that went wrong during the Dollar Duff Pass incident in Russia, which we'll get into later in, in another episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. Um, but it, I don't know. The, the, the problem here is that one, toxicology screenings don't necessarily say anything like that because there was toxicology screenings done. I, you would think that that would come up. You would think that people who are uh, living in that area, people that deal with these kind of things every day, that would be something that they would test for, especially if looking for mushrooms is the activity that they were doing. You have to think, though, like, if if three guys sitting here talking on a podcast, right, if we're sitting here and we can come up with the idea of, oh, maybe she ate the wrong mushroom, which makes sense, by the way, it, it does. You would have to think that somebody living in the area would have came up with that same thing and tested for it. But it's but it's a food though. I just looked up um the chemical that makes you hallucinate that's in mushrooms, right? Say she was hallucinating. It is, and I don't know what chemical she possibly could have enjoyed, but like, okay, so cocaine uh leaves your system in like three days, right? It's not detectable in a blood test in three days, right? Psilocin, like, which comes from mushrooms as well, is undetectable after five hours. Psilocybin, uh, which is what I know psilocybin that's that's shrooms. Um uh, can take up to 15 hours to clear and is completely undetectable after 24 hours. 
But that's just but that's saying that she got high from it. There's mushrooms out there that will flat out kill you. You'll crap yourself to death. So well, yeah, but right, maybe right. that was the case. She's trying to cons- maybe she was by the water because she was trying to drink water while her body is expelling every drop of moisture out of it. Hey, and that's what yo, killed that's her. That's true. That could be true. But you would think that that stuff would make make the report if she has no shit in her system during the during the autopsy. That has to be something that they're looking for. What I'm trying to say is, if we can come up with the idea of mushrooms possibly being a thing. Someone who does this for a living needs to know that if they're going to shit their fucking brains out and have not an ounce of food in their body and they're, they're over drinking themselves, that's something that they should be looking for. They can look for that in the blood uh, for what is it? Uh, over dilution, right? Uh-huh. Um, like th- there's things that you can search for to make sure that that's, that's there. And this would be in the report. This would be in the cause of death report. The cause of death is unknown. The cause of death is hypothermia, not uh, blood, satu- uh, blood oversaturation or whatever it's called. I know it's not called that. But what I find is very, very strange, right, is that she is face down in the water. Right? That is odd. Yeah. She's face down in the water, which means that she the was only way- over drinking it. And then when she died, she collapsed and fell into it. But you're still, but you're still taking gasping breaths, which means that your last breaths would have been water, and your lungs would have been full of mm. water. Or she was dead before she hit the ground. I think, I think she got fucked with. I, uh, I definitely think that this could be, and I'm just, I'm, I'm making parts of the puzzle that may not fit fit here. But I think you're right. I think we're, I, I'm on board with the mushroom thing. Right. But I think she was being held captive or some sort um, by somebody out in the woods. You have to think that a lot of these national parks or a lot of these uh, public lands actually hold fugitives. That and Ray, it's completely legal to live out there. So, yeah, it's public land. Um, well, eh, that's kind of a gray area. But wait, you have to move <laughs> your campsite every two weeks. It, it, like I was saying, it's, it's kind of a gray area. So, you just made me lose my train of thought, CJ. Damn it! Someone was fucking with her. They held her captive, right? And you know, I I, I love to be that guy, but Bigfoot you would love to be that had, guy. No, I shut up, dude. Bigfoot. <laughs> there are stories of Bigfoot taking people and holding them captive. Okay, and the Santa Fe National Forest, there has been sightings, especially around Picos, of large, upright walking hominids. Um, so mushrooms, yes, I, I think that's definitely a thing, but I don't think she died right there by the lake. I think she was put there, or not by the lake, by the stream. I think she had to have been put there, and it had to have been put there by something with uh dexterous fingers. And the only thing that, that leaves is a human or a Bigfoot. What if what if the Bigfoot captured her, right? And you know, they were taking her clothes and like checking it out because they'd be curious, you right. know, being prompt uh primates are possibly a hominid species um and she got ill and obviously they don't really have a whole lot of medical knowledge right they're not they're not in their beakers and stuff studying microbes she gets ill uh with something very fast acting like being frozen and you know they they take her to the water like oh maybe she's dehydrated and like they put her face there but like she's like already dead and then they're just like oh and then they leave yeah because to them they they don't wear clothes so what's the purpose for us to wear clothes how can they positively say that someone didn't die of hypothermia after six days of their dead body being exposed to the elements and temperatures as low as 40 degrees in the... Ooh. How could they possibly say that? The lowering that's... of the body temperature, that that's not what killed them. If they're exposed out there and the entire time they're going through six days of... Daytime it warms up, nighttime it drops to almost freezing. Daytime it warms up, nighttime it drops to almost freezing. How can they poss- possibly say that she wasn't hypothermic? So it how, doesn't make how, any sense. How would we ask this question to Google? How is hypothermia uh, determined as a form of death? I mean, yeah. Especially if we look back to something Jake said earlier and she was bathing, right? Like, what if she was bathing and then she like was on the verge of hypothermia? And was like, oh, I got to get out of this water 
and she just didn't get out in time and you could slip into that like like that right right that's what i'm saying like yeah and then this goes back in our face she's dead before she before her head hits the ground which is why she wouldn't have aspirated any water into her lungs um she just stopped breathing and just that was that i think i think jake might be on to something here so one one of the the easy ways to disprove hypothermia as a cause of death is with normally functioning organs so the first uh a lot of times your organs will start shut down because they can't properly work under cold conditions right. and eventually a lot of hypothermic people will die of uh failure of the heart working so a heart attack hmm. so it could have been a massive heart attack could have been but you would think that during the autopsy of her they would have listed the heart attack as the cause of death they didn't list the cause the the heart attack as a cause of death well, here's a true story from my life. Um, my mom was with this uh, man for a while. Uh, his name was Scott, and he had an uncle who died of a massive heart attack while walking upstairs. The man was dead before he hit the first step, right? Like, he fe- he like he was yeah. standing upright and died before he fell over. Um, and the heart attack was actually so massive that they couldn't tell it was a heart attack. Like, they just said it was because it made the most sense. Right, but even... Okay, so your body still does stuff because you have this muscle memory even shortly after your death. So people, when they die suddenly, they still take breaths. They're, they still take breaths because of natural, you know, you're, you've been doing it for so long, your muscles only do that uh, normally. So, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to p- point to, to personal experiences, but I personally witnessed somebody die uh yeah a couple times in my life and that person was still kicking. Yeah. Okay. Uh because that was the last thing that person was doing. Now, a person who is yes, a person can forget to breathe and be put on a respirator, right? Uh and be put on machines to stay alive. But it takes some time for your body to stop breathing. Like it's not something that you just I mean, I don't you know what? Never mind. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and bullshit my way through this because I, I I'm just going through what makes sense to my to myself. I I I'm just gonna shut up. I don't fucking know. Well, at the end of the day, it's no less valid than anything we said. None of us are medical professionals. We're all speculating. Right. And I, I could be completely wrong. I'm just, you know, I'm going off of what I've seen in personal like in, in real life. That's all. I know that you you move, you know, when you're dead and stuff. I, I get it. You know, the muscle firing and all that stuff, all the spasms, kind of like a detached, uh, a detached lizard tail will still flick around and stuff because it's all the muscle spasms and stuff and fish flop around and stuff too. And snakes right. move and everything. And though our nervous system isn't necessarily built the same way as reptiles and fish, um, it'll still cause us to do weird things like that. It's shortly after death, like blinking of the eyelids, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, and I, I hear what you're saying with the whole gasping thing. Is it possible that I hate to talk about this sort of stuff? I really do because it's just oh, like this, this is like, this is somebody and yeah. some and people know them, right? And this is yeah. a horrific way to go. It's a lot different, you know, and most people don't get the whole dying in your bed surrounded by your family things. A lot of people die in pretty horrific ways because this world is just filled with variables. But what if it was something like she was hypothermic or she was becoming hypothermic and there's a, a just a combination of different things. Maybe she has a massive heart attack. You know, let's just say that that's the thing that did it, right? She was right. she was disoriented. She was, you know, maybe she was sick from mushrooms, whatever. She has a massive heart attack. And what if she died in a sitting position? And then in her death throes of the things that her body does when you die, she like fell forward mm-hmm. into the water or something like that. You know, I... 
I have a hard time saying that she was messed with and put there because that's a frightening idea, <laughs> you know? That, yeah, it's disturbing, for you know, sure. But, I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's BS and it couldn't happen, certainly, but, you know, because I believe in the, the Bigfoot and stuff, but it's just like, I'm trying to rationalize this with myself of like, you know, if this was a natural thing and maybe, what if, what's up? I would say, what if it was a compound of multiple things, right? Multiple things you're saying. Like she's 75, right? She is in good shape, but 75 is 75. True. Right. right. So what if she was borderline hypothermic? She wasn't completely hypothermic, borderline. Um, It's been a couple of days. Maybe she, she knows how to find mushrooms, but maybe she's not so great at finding other foods. You know, a healthy individual can go three weeks without food. Um, but this is a 75-year-old. Maybe she doesn't trust the water so much, so she's avoiding drinking. So maybe she's mildly dehydrated to a point. You know, I mean, your body, if water's available and you are that dehydrated, your body will override any rational thought you have and you'll drink. But maybe she was avoiding that and these things compounded and she old-aged it in a sitting position. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I really hate doing these national park mysteries. It's really disturbing, you know, and my it heart is. goes out to it, to anybody who's ever lost somebody, uh, you know, and, and anybody who ever lost anybody. I mean, my heart goes out to everybody, but, uh, because we're talking about this is, you know, this is the sensitive subject right now, but it's unknown. Um, I, I wish that there was more information so that we weren't necessarily going off of speculation. And I think that's where, you know, uh, I feel like I'm kind of coming off as an asshole um, because I I really hate doing the whole speculation thing about somebody who can't sit here and defend themselves, you know. Um, I'd rather speculate more about someone whose body was recovered than speculating right. about someone who's never been found. Like that Mel. to me seems more disrespectful than, you know, the body was recovered. They're able to put them to rest. There was that closure regardless of how it happened. There's right. a level of closure that's never, never met when they're never recovered. Right. And that's when it's just like, uh, I have a hard time doing all the speculation stuff because there's people out there that still have hope. Right. And we're like, yeah. yeah. And then they could have been dragged into the trees and their heads ripped off. And it's like, oh, geez. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, because right. I don't know who listens to our show. Right. right. Who has a connection to somebody that could be, you know, missing even if it's not related to missing 411. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, but I don't know. I think that, that, I think the compound thing makes the most sense to me, even if it wasn't mushrooms, maybe it was dysentery from drinking bad water that she was found next to, mm -hmm. you know, stagnant, nasty water hmm. or whatever, you know? We'll see. I mean, like, again, I wish we had access to reports because part of me says that they tested for this stuff. There's tests for everything now. Uh, so mm -hmm. personally, I mean, if it was that kind of stuff, I think that they would have found it. Um, that's my point of view on this. But who I knows? Mean, Maybe. Not everybody empties their bowels when they die, but most people true. do. True. Very true. That so is very true. It could be a looked over thing. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to get into the last one before we get into the bottom? Absolutely. Cool. All right, so we're going to talk about Stanley Vigil. This one is kind of short, uh, but there's a lot, a lot of uh, on the back end of this one. So Stanley was 54 years old. He went missing on November 7th, 2017. So this is fairly recent. Uh, he went missing at Berea's Peak and Santa Fe National Park. So again, inside the park itself. Uh, driving around the area with his father and a friend, uh, they witnessed a deer cross in front of their truck. Uh, Stanley jumped out to chase and hunt the deer immediately. Then this is kind of the weird part of this. Even his wife uh, tells this story too, from the point of view of their friends is that this fog and heavy rain rolled in extremely quickly and Stanley just disappeared. Uh, a search began that lasted seven days, five months later and nine miles away as the crow flies from where Stanley had originally gone missing. An off-duty police officer and his son are fishing on the Picos River, again, Picos, and find a body. The body was eventually identified as the remains of Stanley Vigil, and Stanley's body seems to have suffered severe skull injuries 
and broken ribs. Quickly, before we get into comments, thoughts, and ideas on this one, let's talk about the profile points. It matched six of the 11 profile points and matched point of separation. When Stanley left the vehicle, time of disappearance was late day. It was near water, uh, or at least he was found in the water. Uh, there was a weather event. The canines could not track it, and it was in the middle of a geographical cluster. Uh, the points that were not met, Boulderfield, uh, d- he did not have a disability or illness. He was not found in an area previously searched, was not missing any clothing, and there, wasn't, there was no unknown cause of death. He was clearly killed by the trauma to his head. So, Jake, what do you got? Well, I'm looking at an article right now where it's talking about a uh, a woman who had seen him shortly after he disappeared, uh, and he had gone up to her mobile home uh, because he was lost, and she had turned him away because she was home alone with her kids, and he yes. had his pistol on him, and she yes. said, go away. And he left, and then the searchers were able to find the mobile home, uh, and she t- said that she had seen him but they couldn't find him anywhere around there. Yes. I remember uh, reading that too. I, the source that I had for this was very vague. Um, and I had to do some deep diving in to get some additional information mm-hmm. for this, which wasn't very easy to find. But yeah, I did find that too. That was a very interesting aspect of it. And I was trying to make, like fill in the blanks of when he disappeared, when he exited the truck, and when he appeared at this woman's trailer. Uh, right. But there's there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I couldn't find out how far away the trailer right. was from from where he went missing. Um, I you couldn't find out how much how long it was after he went missing. It just seems weird that this guy got out of his truck, a fog storm rolled in, disappeared. I also did read something about him shooting. Uh, there being two shot, mm-hmm. uh, there was recoil, like two recoils, um, sounded out or sounded off. Um, but that's all, that's all I could find about this. And then the dude just finds up, just winds up nine miles away. And I did look at a map from where he went, he disappeared. And in the river that he found, there's no way, like the closest point from where he disappeared to the river was still miles away. So the whole theory of he fell into the river, drowned, and then uh, went, you know, just floated down there doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because he still would have had to go on in the opposite direction miles away and then floated down the river for miles away. I don't know. It's just hard to believe. Yeah, it's this one's way fishy. I like the skull damage part. Now that I've heard this story yeah not like someone there bashed his head in and threw him in the water well i guess it's time for the ultimate reveal right go ahead yeah (laughs) all right so we'll start a little questions here jeremy you in the in the very first part of this two-part series you named off uh the predatory animals in the picos region can you give us that list again yes uh We're getting married. Uh, um, bighorn sheep, mule deer, elk, black bear, and mountain leons. Leon. So, I will tell you this: that list is incomplete. Oh, I'm sure it is. Um, wolverines. No, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> but that is the reason I brought up wolverines because the animal I'm about to talk about is going to shock you. Because this is not something you think about living in the United States. The drop bear. So, would Shut be funny, up. but Vegemite <laughs> would save you. Um, <laughs> and toothpaste would save you. Uh, but uh, no. So the animal I'm about to talk about is mostly prevalent in South America, but does live within the United States in the New Mexico and Arizona re- region. The, the jaguar. Yep. The jaguar. And... Uh, Jake, you mentioned in part one that big cats will grab you by the back of your neck and drag you to the ground. The jaguar does not, in fact, do that. The jaguar has the strongest bite force of all cats on the planet and will sink its teeth into your skull and kill you instantly with one bite. Hmm. Um, They are also powerful enough 
that they can pull you straight up trees without the assistance of branches. Hmm. Um, they can they are known to reach down uh, out of trees and pluck things right up off the ground and drag them up into the tree. Uh, down in South America, where they're most prevalent, um, there are signs warning you when you're out walking to watch for deer falling out of trees because a dad would be a jaguar that left a meal behind. Mm-hmm. Um, jaguars are more than ready to eat people. They like eating people. Um, We're slow. On top, on top, what's that? We're slow. <laughs> uh, jaguars are jaguars are just like every other cat in the planet there. They will eat anything that they can get their paws on. Yeah. Um, the most interesting part about the jaguar that it alone shares among the large cats, jaguars uh, eat bones as part of their regular diet. They will eat the entire body, including the bones. Hmm. Um, yeah. Clothing-wise, they could easily consume an amount of that while consuming a person. Maybe there's some sh- uh, shreds left behind or whatever. Uh, but the thing is, is that jaguars are... We know of two of them in uh, New Mexico in the Santa Fe area. Uh, we found in 2016 a jaguar that was named El Jefe. Uh, and that was believed to be the only one. And then they discovered a second one that they named Sombra. And then those two kind of like teamed up. Now, those are the two that we know about. And mm-hmm. it's theorized that there is a population of jaguars, even though it would be small. Uh, to compound this theory, uh, we can take a look at the eastern mountain lion, which is said to be extinct. However, once in a while, we get a trail cam video or something like that. Right. Yep. Um, so it is entirely possible that within the Picos region, there's a population of jaguars who are snatching people off the ground, which would explain why footprints come to a dead end. Um, they will drag you up into a tree high enough that you can't be seen from the ground. They'll hide within the foliage, uh, because jaguars while they're eating are susceptible to other predators stealing their meals, which is why they drag them into trees. Mm -hmm. Uh, the guy uh, that we just talked about, um, Stanley Vigil, uh, had the skull damage and he was found down. Uh, jaguars will accidentally drop their meals once in a while and they do hang out near water. Uh, so it's possible that the jaguar drug him up into the tree and before he had the opportunity to actually begin eating him, he dropped him, he fell in the river and down he goes and the jaguar went, ah, damn it. Um, but yeah, that's the theory. Jaguars. Uh, the other the other lady eating the mushrooms um, doesn't really match up with that, but when you reach the bottom of the hole, you'll find that that theory ma- uh, is is uh, relevant uh, to her circumstances as well. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, so just to try to poke holes in your theory. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense because it is actually a, a really good theory in my mind, right? Yeah, definitely um, go for it, though. My problem is is that. Um, these cats, right? Jaguars are tropical creatures. And Santa Fe, as we just pointed out, if it's getting 40 degrees or around 40 degrees in July, how are they supposed to survive the winter? Well, that's the thing is that they're not necessarily tropical creatures. They thrive in tropical. However, uh, they did um, up until the mid 1800s roam North America freely all the way up to the Canadian border. They were hunted to extinction in North America by the early 1900s. Mm. And they were also known to take mm. down megafauna. That's how powerful those animals are. Oh, I'm sure and, they like, did. They bite down, they penetrate your skull, instantly kill you, and they don't let go. They drag you from the same bite they killed you with. And that's a... Uh... It'd be a quick death, so that's good. Hmm. Uh, well, a lot better I, than a bear because they just start eating you while you're still alive. Yeah, they just still eat right. your intestines like spaghetti while you're watching it. It's <laughs> disgusting, but yeah, yeah, they will. It, they will. Yeah, they're yep. they're fucking ruthless, man. Um, I don't hate that theory. I don't, especially since it's not very difficult for critters to get from South America to North America. What's well, the thing is that they weren't necessarily just in South America. Like they're throughout Mexico too. They just like we just discovered them coming back into our borders. Like like I said, this was their native territory. It was all the mm-hmm. way up to the Canadian border. So it's not unreasonable for them to just come through the Mexican border again, you know, and and begin populating as they spread. I'm I'm interested. I'm gonna have to do some research here because 
Uh, I wonder if they're down in like, you know, Patagonia, like the southern tip of of South America too, or if they're just north. I want I want to know how well they mm-hmm. actually do in cold weather, because if it, if they can't do cold weather, that means they're migratory, which means that they wouldn't be around when Mel Nadell went missing in October, or Stanley well, if Vigil it was a went freak missing in November. Change. Well, you, you gotta you gotta think that you know they're not they're like oh wait it's gonna be nice in Santa Fe this weekend let's uh let's go up to Santa Fe for the weekend from yeah Mexico. no I don't think so because mountain lions aren't migratory they just have their yeah. own yeah. area and they're smart yeah. enough to like den. but they're but yeah but and they're but they're built differently than jaguars are jaguars oh, are, apparently this is actually a frequently asked question on Google here uh or they just heard you talking about it. <laughs> Quick, make up some answers. Uh, yeah, they yes. put on they put on jackets. <laughs> clogs. They, clogs. They like clogs. <laughs> I um, think that uh, well, they're smart enough to like den up. There's enough. Uh, yeah, they they do okay in snowy conditions. Hmm. Apparently, they're really good swimmers too, and they'll even eat caimans. Yeah, jaguars right. don't fuck around. They'll eat anything. So, I mean. They're kind of built like tigers, right? And tigers are—I mean, there's ti- tigers in China. Look up a picture well, of a tiger in snow. <laughs> yeah, they—they uh, say that the jaguar is the real king of the jungle. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's just incredible. Like, so when I came across the jaguar, I was looking at—I was looking at the Thunderbird and aliens and Bigfoot and like trying to find like uh, where do these stories collaborate with other stories of these cryptids? And then as I was doing that, I came across the information about the Wolverine being in the United States, and I was like, "There's fucking jaguars in New Mexico." And then mm. that's how I came upon that, and then I looked up the physiology biology and how jaguars hunt their prey and i was like oh wow so the uh, i just looked up if there's jaguars in patagonia just for shits and giggles and it looks like it's actually a cryptid in in patagonia uh you know just so everyone is aware cryptozoology yes it does deal with um animals that are not yet revealed by by uh, science, but it also deals with misplaced animals as well. So, like the uh, the Florida jaguar or the, uh, the Florida panther, right? That is technically a cryptid. Uh, we know panthers exist, but do they exist in Florida? We don't know. Mm. But people people say that they do, that they do live there. So that the this Florida is, panther is technically a cryptid. This is just reminding me of Randall's story. Yes, the wampus cat. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so Jake. Did, did I win this time? I'm sitting here trying to think about poking holes in it, but it would make sense because most cats are well, I opportunistic. Think like, like, well, like, but most animals are like territorial, and all of these happen really close together. And we'll get more into it in the bottom of the hole with the the uh, topic we're gonna or the the woman we're gonna talk about her story in the bottom of the hole. But all of these kind of happen around the same sort of area, and of course, it's the Pecos Triangle, but around like a specific location, like right, which is a just couple miles, which is just south of Santa Fe too, where they track those other two jaguars. Right, and it's just like so. I want to say that there's no way because, uh, you know, if it's only two of them, or maybe it's like five or whatever, you know, it's just like you know they couldn't be doing all that damage. But this it really isn't all that much. This is the opportunity arose there in the area and they took that opportunity. So I got to mm-hmm. say that you win this round because you, you kept the metaphysical out of it. <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, it's a natural occurrence. This happens, you know, you can look up, you know, videos on, I saw a video the other day of someone getting just attacked by a bear. Cause he wanted to take a selfie of it. Like, it's just like, you know, People get themselves in predicaments. They get attacked by the wildlife, especially if you have a particular variety of wildlife that has no issues, no fear of people because they are the alpha predator. You know, that's you yep. know, a really big thing. That's that's one of the things that gets me out of the idea of evolution because we are not the alpha predator. There's no reason why we should exist if evolution is real. But whatever, you know, but it's just like, because we can't see in the dark, you know, we can't, you know, all this stuff. Um, there's reasons against it, but that would be in my mind, 
very plausible about of a reason why these people have gone missing. The only one that's still got me scratching my head so far is, uh, you know, the uh, is oh the naked Audrey, lady, yeah. Audrey Kaplan, yeah, is that yeah. that one's still like I don't know, but these guys being, you know, and because that's what I'm thinking, right? Mountain lion. Mm-hmm. or you know whatever but you're right you know a big massive very 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 strong cat you're right i i have no issue with the idea of that because even just kind of like eh, yeah no whatever and then i saw a picture of a cheetah with a freaking straight up zebra in a tree and i was just like mm. yep. <laughs> you know, that's a yeah that's Jeez. a 300-pound horse, you know? <laughs> just like, mm, you know? Cheetahs, uh, cheetahs are actually one of the weaker of the cats. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I won't be hunting by myself. Or well, big, not wearing chainmail. <laughs> the, big, the big difference between mountain lions and jaguars, though, is while jaguar has absolutely zero fear of human, will actively hunt them, uh-huh. um, mountain lions, uh, when encountering people, will typically take off. I mean, we do have those videos where the mountain lions are bold. Yeah. But more often than not, if a mountain lion and you come face-to-face, that bad boy is going to run. They're easily intimidated. Yeah. And hunters will actually work with mountain lions. They will actively follow a mountain lion because a mountain lion is a better tracker than mm-hmm. the hunter is. And then when the mountain lion finds what it's looking for, the hunter will take it and scare the cat off. Hmm. Oh, that's smart. Hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. I did a lot of research <laughs> yeah. into trying to figure out a reasonable explanation for this. That's one. awesome. No, I, I <laughs> best I got was Thunderbird. So yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was thinking Thunderbird I'm too. I the only thing I want to know is the Mel Nadell case. I have to find where it says it, but. I want to say that the the footprints disappeared like in the middle of like a field or something or on a, on a pathway, not near a tree. And I could be wrong. Obviously I don't know the the landscape or anything, but um, I'm curious if, if he did go missing near a, a tree, obviously the last gentleman that we just talked about Stanley vigil, uh, he went, dis- he disappeared as he went into the woods to go trace that deer. So, you know, I can see, the the jaguar thing making sense there. I'm just curious as to where Mel went and if well he... jaguars will also hunt on the ground and they're strong enough to pick you clean up off the ground, right? Well, that, that's so... that's what that's what I'm saying though is that mm. and that would make if, sense with the dog freaking out. But this, but if he had gotten picked up by a jaguar, his scent would still be there and they would follow dog. A lot of times, dogs will tree animals. You know, when they have the scent of the animal in the tree. They will bark at the bottom of the tree to let you know that it's up there. And yeah, if, but, if but Mel Dell lifted up in the air, those dogs would have alerted up and they're trained well, for that. That's dude, when they you're, get you're, the dogs there. You're talking about an animal that eats bones. Dude, you're you're like skipping over your own like, you know, your own topic of the Bigfoot. What do dogs do? when there's a Sasquatch around, they like start freaking out and stuff and they start whining and they don't want to do anything. What would what else would they do if they encountered a super predator? They would say, right. "Screw this trail! I'm not doing this. You're not taking me over there. I don't want to go over there because I know what I'm smelling." Oh this yeah, dogs in South all of us. Dogs so, in South America will not fuck with jaguars. That's why they have a problem with them killing cattle because they have the cattle dogs out there to protect the cattle, but the dogs will not fuck with a jaguar because yeah. they know that they're gonna die. So I think that I think that that if they smelt something like that that would be enough to take them off of their their job of we're tracking dogs they're going they're going to be like no i'm not no we're done dogs that not worth <laughs> right okay. i i do know that dogs do not like the big feats that i right? do know they get all panicky um, right so i mean do. i think that it's the same thing they they sense the alpha predator okay that would okay. make sense right i still need to i still need to okay Never mind. Unless right. they're like Rhodesian Ridgebacks, which are African lion hounds. They literally tackle <laughs> lions and people kill them while they're holding them down. So that's a different type of dog, though. We're talking about probably about bloodhounds or something. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a trip to the bottom of the hole. What do you guys think? I, I, I absolutely cannot do the bottom of the hole. I promised Carrie I would be downstairs 25 minutes ago, and I'm going to be in trouble. <sighs> Man. All right. You guys have fun. All right. Later, See you, bud. Yep. Thanks for blowing my mind.
Yep. <laughs> All right. So that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole National Park Mysteries Part Five, Santa Fe Part Two. Thank you for joining us. And for those of you that are not patrons of the show, this is where your trip ends. For those of you that do uh, donate to the show through Patreon, you can head on over to the Patreon and listen to the bottom of the hole segment where we are going to be talking about the cases of Emma Tresp and Robert Amos Browning, two people that went missing in a very similar area, may have gone uh, missing in basically the same area about a year apart. Uh, There is some very strange stuff, including one particular uh, location that they were both trying to get to when they went missing. So if anybody is interested in there, go ahead and head on over to the Patreon and sign up for one of our tiers. No matter what tier you get, you will have access to this additional content. Uh, if you sign up for the second or third tier, which is our 5 or $10 tier, you'll have access to the content a week earlier. Um, that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time. Bye!